I hope you will respond in today's message. And I was talking to someone yesterday, actually it was my niece, and uh, we were discussing a church she had gone to, and she really enjoyed it. And she didn't feel intimidated by standing up and praising God. That's what I want you to do today. If you feel like standing up and praising God in the midst of the sermon, or something really gets your attention, don't be intimidated by others. Just stand up and praise the Lord. Can I get an amen? amen. It doesn't take away from the power of God. It's, it's um, if I can put it this way, it's a, it's a catalyst to your benefit to praise God in the way that, that is appropriate for his word. So let's get started. And Jesus Christ, the perfect revealer of God the Father. And actually, it's 11, 25 through 29, so we're going to add one verse on the end, and uh, I hope you will stay with me. Let's examine this biblically, biblically examine such an assertion. Jesus Christ, the perfect revealer of the Father, Matthew eleven twenty five, and as I said, 25 through 30, number two. But before we go on, I think this is very necessary. The Lord just spoke to me. No, he didn't visibly, he didn't audibly speak to me, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm just announcing that the way he impressed upon me is to clarify, stay clarified, means to clear up three persons. I could add a lot more scripture, but God the Father, God the Son, and what's the last one? God the Holy Spirit. Uh, Brother Bruce, can you prove that? This morning, no, I'm not getting into the awesome God. That's not my forte this morning. But I just wanted to give you Genesis 126 and 27. There was a lot of confusion. I was talking to a particular person who I'm trying to draw to the Lord, and he's under the impression that Christians believe that Jesus is God the Father, he's God the Son, and he's God the Holy Spirit. I said, slow down, brother. Slow down, brother. I don't know what you've been taught, but you've been taught incorrectly. Can I get a witness? I said, Jesus Christ is not God the Father. He's not God the Holy Spirit. He's God the Son. So let's just pull little evidence out of God's word because that's where it's coming from. If it's not coming from God's word, it's no good. Let's take an initial step in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 before I get into the message itself. Then God said, let us make man in our image. If you will notice, I have three asterisks behind us. That's plural. I'm going to try to go slow here. Even if I don't finish this message, I want to make this clear. Then God said, let us 
plural, make man in our image. Notice, did you notice that? Let us, plural, make man in our image, not our images, according to our likeness, not likenesses. I'm going to say this before I forget it. You're not made in the image of an angel. You're not made in the image of a semi-God. We were made in the image of the almighty God. So don't let any false prophet, and, and I'm, not, I'm not going to apologize for what I'm about to say. Please don't let any false prophet, false teacher. I don't mind who it is, Brother Bruce, Brother so-and-so, it doesn't matter. We're made in the image of God. Animals aren't made in the image of God. Only man is made in the image of God. Can I get a witness? You're precious to God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, I hope you don't mind if I go over this again because it's very important. And God said, let us. Well, who's he talking to? He's talking to somebody else. He's not talking to himself. Let's go on with this. Number three. Those three persons in the creation, God the Father, in the beginning, God. Created the heaven and the earth. Be. Or by him, for all things that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him. And I want you to notice the last part, and for him. Can I get a witness? And if you wonder who this him is, you see it already, the son. You were created. I was created for the son. And the last one, God the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you mean? Is the Holy Spirit a person or is he some kind of active force or some kind of semi-intelligence or whatever you want to call him. The Bible says, thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. If you want to diligently get into the scriptures, there's a lot more, and I can't delineate that this morning. But I went through a search. The word of God the us in the scriptures, when God said, let us make man, he was talking to his unique 
Mono Janice, as Pastor Appelbach often says, mono means one and Janice means generated or something similar to it, such as unique. He was talking to his son. And the Holy Spirit, can you say Holy Spirit? Now I'm going to add this, and I know it's out of place, but I'm going to say it anyhow. If you are a Christian, you are indwelt by God the Holy Spirit. And his outworking in your life is to conform you to the image of God's dear son. Let me add this to it. And this excuse me, this is not in my notes. How's he doing? You know how the Holy Spirit's doing in your life. Are we, did you notice I said we, say we. I'm not talking about any particular person. I'm talking about we. How are we doing? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life, conforming us to the image of God's unique son? He wants to use each one of us in his own mighty way. I think I better get back because I'm already getting excited about God's word. And if you don't get excited about God's word sometime, and I hope you do, because it's hallelujah time. That's what I like. When you get into the Word of God, even if you don't stand up, even if you don't shout, maybe you can shout from within. Can I get a witness? And I don't mind somebody even walking across the stage because this is God's Word. And He demands praise. He doesn't ask for praise. He demands praise. Someone was talking to me this morning before church started, and he said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save he who was lost. And until you get saved, and I'm not trying to insult anybody, you're lost. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent or prudent and have revealed them to infants. I wonder what that is, or let's get the meaning of that. Yes, Father, this is Jesus talking. For this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed, and another version says committed over to me, me by my father. All things. Say all things. I know this is out of context, but I'm going to say this and I'm going to go on. All things have been committed to me. The things that God has committed to your and my trust. How you doing? I'm going to say it once again, only you know. All things have been handed over or co committed to me, Jesus is talking to his father. But I'm asking you, the things that God has prepared and empowered you to do, how are you and I doing? Number five, 
No one knows. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Father wills to reveal him. Now, I've got to stop right there. I'm, I know I'm going to repeat this further on, but I've got to stop. Did you get that? This is number five. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Do you know that you and I, it has to be revealed to you who is the Son of God? Can I get a witness? You don't discover it on your own. God, the Father, let me, let me slow down. The Son of God wills to reveal himself, or the Father wills to reveal to you who the Son is. And while I'm at it, I'm just going to say this. He's more than a prophet. He's more than an angel. He's the great I am. That's who he is. He even had the gumption to say this before Abraham was. Ego and me, I am. Can I get a witness? And do you know that same person? I know I mentioned the Holy Spirit. The Bible also says this. That same person doesn't say that. Christ in you. Colossians 127, the hope of glory. Every born and dead Christian has within their spirit, within their soul, within their intellect, within their body, the eternal Son of God. 28, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy. It's like if you come to Christ, you're going to find out the real Jesus Christ. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can I get a witness? At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things from the wise and the intelligent, that's another word for prudent, and have revealed them to infants. I have comments on, I praise you, Father. How about it, Christian? How about it, you and I? What, Brother Bruce, what are you talking about? Well, number seven. Don't you and I have many things to praise the Father, God the Father about? Say yes. 
you got many things to praise God about. You're walking, you're breathing, you're getting up in the morning, and a host of other things. But I'll, let me put it this way, what the psalmist said. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. That's what the psalmist said. Let me say it again. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. What's one of the work of God? Let's go back to Genesis. This is just one of the works. In the beginning, say the next word, God. Brother Appelbach and I were talking the other day, and he brought up this word again, ex nihilo, out of nothing. God spoke the world to existence out of nothing. Can I get a witness? That's wonderful. And my soul knows it. Very well. I'm on number eight. Let me slow down, make sure I don't pile up. Well, we're still on verse 25. Praise, prayer, and self-communion or communing. Marge, I got to slow down. I can feel myself speeding up, Marge, in a devout spirit. At that season, Jesus answered and said, spoke to his father in an audible voice. Say audible. If you don't know what audible means, he said it out loud. You know what? Sometimes you and I ought to not just, we, we ought to be audible. And I, I hope you don't think I'm boasting because I'm not. Sometimes when I'm cutting our lawn, what keeps me going is this phrase. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. He's the best thing I, I, that ever happened to me. And I don't care who hears it. He's the best thing that ever happened to me. So here we catch a glimpse of Jesus in one of his moods of worship. It is usually call this golden utterance a prayer. But it is at once prayer, praise, and self-communing in a devout spirit. We're talking about Jesus. Let's go on to number nine. I, at the rate I'm going, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to ever finish. But you know what? I'm going to stop at the proper time, so don't be alarmed. Here's some translated praises. Can you and I give thanks for this? Colossians 1.12 and 1.13. Giving thanks unto the Father which have made us fit or meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. I'm going to say this again in case you've been misled. Every born again Christian is a saint. Every born again, every born again person is a saint. But my question for me and you is, are we living up to our sainthood? Who hath delivered us? Here's where the thanks come in. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of God's dear son or the son of his love. Do you realize that already 
not future. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Who is that? The God of this world. He held you captive and you didn't even know it. Let's try Colossians. Uh, let's try Colossians twelve thirteen again. Give me thanks to the Father who made us fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who delivered us out of the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Can I get an amen? If you don't give thanks for anything else for God today, just look at those verses. You've been translated, and I want to add this: you didn't do it on your own. Matter of fact, you had very little to do with it. I don't want to go too far with that. But God delivered you. And you were no longer into the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to say this, and I don't know who it's for. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are lost. People don't like to hear that. Can I get a witness? But the Bible says if you're not saved, you're lost. And you're on your way. Pastor, please give me a tissue, please, to a Christless eternity. Luke in his gospel tells us that Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit as he uttered these words. He was full of joy. Oh, I didn't even know that. Okay to get lost sometimes in the word. And then our Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hid these things for the wise and the prudent and intelligent, and have revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for it has seemed good in your sight. Well, what do you mean by that? Number 11, can you and I honestly say that when you and I talk about things in the Scripture, we experience joy on the rise? I was talking to someone this morning. Let me repeat this before I go on. Can you and I honestly say that when you and I talk about things in the Scripture, we experience joy on the rise? I was talking to a young man this morning. And I said, what did Jesus mean when he says, is this finished? So we began to talk. Very intelligent gentleman. I'm not going to discuss what we said. But you know, as, I, as we began to talk about it is finished, joy started coming up into my business. Can I get a witness? When you start talking about Jesus Christ and what he's done and what he's already accomplished in your life and what he's going to do, there ought to be a kind of joy. Yes, and I have this down. Can I get a witness or two or three or four? Because where two or three are gathered in his name. He's right there. He's omnipresent. If you don't know what omnipresent means, it means he's everywhere at one time. Some people put it another way. All time is in him. But the fruit of the spirit is love. What's that second one? 
What about a Christian? Do you have joy? How about peace? I'm going to tell you something, and again, I hope you don't think I'm bragging, because I know it's true of everyone who in the Lord. I was troubled about a conversation that I had with someone two or three days ago. I said, Lord, I am not going to worry about that. I'm going to put this in your hands. This is, this is I, I'm, without being sarcastic or whatever you might, or trying to be smart, I said, Jesus, this is in your I am not going to worry about this. And do you know, he gave me peace. He gave me a settled peace that's in his hand and not mine. When you try to handle his things on your own, you are on a downhill racer. Can I get a witness? Let the Lord handle it. And I met that person recently. And all is well. Without me even saying a thing, all is well. The fruit of the Spirit. Say Spirit. I keep on emphasizing this. I don't know why. The Holy Spirit is a person. How could he have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness? That's the attributes of a person. Can I get a witness? And that same person lives in every born-again Christian. And I know I keep emphasizing this, but you need to know. But I need to know. And one of the things probably you all of you and I are working on is love, joy, peace, patience. Can I get a witness? And I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, sometimes I need a lot of patience. People put up with me, with, and I put up with them. And sometimes I have to just shut my mouth up. Rejoice. Say rejoice. But let all those who put their faith in you be glad with cries of joy, not just joy, cries of joy at all times. And let all the lovers of your name say lovers. Let me ask you a question before I go on. Do you love Jesus? Do you really love him? Praise Jesus. Praise let all who put their trust in you rejoice. Let them always shout for joy. Say, shout for joy. Didn't we talk about that in the first part of the sermon? Shout for joy. Don't be one of these Christians. Oh, that was a good sermon. And I'm just going to go home now. Shout for joy. He's worth shouting for. He died for you. And I already said it. Paid. I love to say it. Paid in full. And you can't earn it if you're here today. And you, <coughs> I beg your pardon. And you think you can earn your salvation. You're on the wrong road. And this is not in your notes, so don't turn the page. For my grace. 
I love that word. For by grace, you have been saved. Oh, I'm going to wait till I die. You're too late. It is appointed unto man once to die. You got to get saved now. But let all who put their trust in you rejoice. Let them always shout for joy because you defend them. They defend them. Do you know you have an advocate? He's called the Holy Spirit. He defends you before the accusations of Satan. Did you know that? When Satan brings up an attribute against you, I better get this right. You have an advocate, a lawyer. And let them who put their be joyful in you. Number 13, joy in God. Where'd you get this from, Brother Bruce? I got it from the Black of Study Bible. Pure joy comes from our love relationship with God. Now, I just asked you, did you love Jesus? I could also ask you. Thank you, sis. She's the one that's supposed to slow me down. And she says she did. Sometimes you can't slow me down. Pure joy comes from our love of Jesus Christ. What would you say, sister? Amen. The greater our love for God, the greater will be our joy. You know, in human love, the, the more you love that person and your relationship, doesn't it grow? Can I get an amen? You know, we can't, you can't grow enough, but you can grow. Preach say it again, brother. He does it in his time, not your time. Number 15, rejoice. Oh, Brother Bruce, slow down. Rejection by the wise and intelligent. Number 15, they, the scribes and Pharisees, the wise and intelligent, rejected God's counsel. And God sent the peace and salvation of the gospel to others. Here called babes or infants, his disciples, simple-hearted persons. Well, brother, this Bible's only for the elite. It's only for the preacher. No, it's for you and me. And if you ask, I know I'm cutting this short. I'll get back to it. But if you ask the Holy Spirit, he'll help you to understand what this is. You don't have to be a rocket science. Just be humble enough to say, Lord, I don't understand this. Will you help me? And I'm going to tell you 100% sure, if you really mean it, he'll open your eyes. And this is not in your notes either. The psalmist said, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things out of your law. Simple-hearted persons who submitted, say submitted. That's what's wrong with us Christians. You want it your way. I want it my way. But the Lord said, submit. If you submit, you can be guaranteed 
you'll start walking closer and closer with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Submitted to be instructed and and saved in God's way. Say God's own way. And I don't know who I'm talking to. And for this matter, I don't care. That's right, I'm getting kind of mean here. You get saved God's way or no way at all. You're saved purely. I'm going to say it again. Yes, your good works count after you get saved. But not before. And I'm going to say this again and I'm going to go on. For by grace, you have been saved. And I'm going to add something on to you that some of you know and some of you don't know. I'm just going to say it. I don't know how I'm going to explain it. It's in the pluperfect tense. It means something happened in the past and continues on. Can I get a witness? You don't get saved in the past and then say, well, I got to do this or that to stay saved. God keeps you saved. And if he didn't keep you saved, you better believe you and I would fail every time. You're going to get angry with when I say this. I'm going to say it anyhow. You can't do enough good things to keep yourself saved. I'm probably taking this out of context, but at least I said it. Jesus says, without me, you can't do nothing. Let it be observed that our Lord does not thank the Father that he had hidden these things from the wise and prudent, but that seeing that they were hidden from them, he had revealed those to the others. Now, before I go into page 16, you can reject. You're so intelligent. You're so prudent. You're going to do things in your own way. God says this, let him alone. He's joined to his idols. At some point, when you keep on refusing God's invitation, let him alone. And when he said that, I'm going to say like Pastor Green says it, Oliver B. Green. When God gives up on when God gives up on us, you're sunk. But He doesn't want to, because He gave that Son. Number sixteen. Again has revealed them unto babies, the poor, the ignorant, the obscure, the teachable, simple, and humble, such as his disciples were. He had reference here probably to the proud and halting scribes and Pharisees in Capernaum. They rejected his gospel, but it was the pleasure of God to reveal it to the obscure and more humble men. The reason given, the only satisfactory reason is that it seemed, let me slow down, that it so seemed good in the sight of God. In this the Savior acquiesced or said, if you don't know what acquiesce means, it means I agree, saying, even so, Father, and in the dealings of God, it is fit that all should acquiesce. God, I got a heavy burden. I'm not talking personally, but it could be personal. 
I got a heavy burden, Lord, but I'm going to acquiesce to your will. Not my will, say the rest, but your will be done. And you know what? The Lord of glory will bring you through if you just say, Father, not my will. Your will be done. That's a hard lesson for us Christians to learn. Number 17. Yes, I'm going to finish on time. The wise and intelligent, the prudent, those who were so in their own estimation, in the worldly sense, their haughtiness or pride rendered them unable to discern the excellence of the wisdom of God. Babes, say babes. When you got born again, you were a babe. Did you know that? Can I, can I get a witness? Sincere, simple, humble class of people who are ready and willing to accept the teachings of Christ and delight in obeying him. I'm just going to move on to 18. But I'm going to read the last part again. Babes, sincere, simple, and humble class of people who are ready and willing to accept the teachings of Christ delight in obeying him. I'm going to say this, and I know it's true for you. When we obey Christ, when we know we're in the center of his will, I better turn back. Don't you delight? Isn't there some kind of delight and bubbling over in what, he, what, what he's accomplished or done or you're doing for Christ? Can I get an Amen. You ought to be delighting in the word. I'm just, I'm, I, I know I'm repeating myself, but there ought to be a genuine joy and delight in doing what God wants you to do. I like that. A peace that passes understanding. Moving on to verse 26. Yes, Father. He called his, he, he called he didn't say, yes, God. He had a personal relationship with his father. And when you come to Jesus, he gives you a personal relationship with his father. In Romans chapter 8, you can look it up. You can call him, go ahead, say it, Abba, Father. That's a relationship. Yes, Father, for this way was well pleasing in your sight. It's like Jesus says, okay, Lord, I see, what, I see what you're doing. Yes, Father, I agree with you. I acquiesce with you. I love you. I delight in doing what you told me to do. This word shows that he contents himself in his Father's counsel or teaching. God's will is the only rule of righteousness. Let me say that last point, and I want you to say it Amen. God's will is the only rule of righteousness. Say amen. I shouldn't have to force you to say amen. God's been good to you and me. Number 19, Jesus contents. I'm contented. You and I ought to be contented. Yes, I'm putting the nail in the coffin. Jesus contents himself, if that is a coffin. 
This verse shows that he contents himself in his Father's counsel. God's will is the only rule of righteousness. Are you and I content in God, the Father's will for us? Are you content? Or do you want to have it your own way? And I'm going to use one word. Are you and I content in God's will? And if you're not, I'm not trying to be foreboding. You're looking at disaster. If you're a Christian, David did. Samson did. Adam and Eve did. I could go on, but I'm not. Number 20, filled Jesus' soul. Yes, brother, but this was well-pleasing your sight. This is just a sublime, a beautiful echo of the foregoing words, as if Jesus said when he uttered them, had paused to reflect on it, and as it, the glory of it, not so much in the light of his own reasonableness as of God's absolute will, that so it should be had filled his soul. You think Jesus wasn't human? Absolutely human. And but for you heretics in here, Jesus was 100% God and 100% said man. He's the God man. That's okay, brother. Pause to reflect. One sentence. Have you and I ever paused to reflect how God or Yahweh, say Yahweh, has been so good to you? Lord, if it wouldn't have been for you, I can see now. It would have been a total disaster. As I look back on some of the things that have happened to me or I perpetrated on others, I thank you for delivering me from myself. Have you and I ever paused? You want to think, you want to have a moment or moments, whether it's in the kitchen, cooking that awesome chicken, whilst making that potato salad. Maybe it's running. Maybe it's playing football. God, I thank you. I thank you for the people around me who pray for me. I thank you for my mother who turned on Dr. Oliver B. Green every morning and led me to Christ. I thank you for my brother and my sister who are now past, who kept on talking to me about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I used to say, well, here he goes again. Now I'm glad he did it. There's somebody in your locale around you maybe telling you about Jesus. Don't reject it.
22, all things have been handed, committed over to me by my father. And I got to get to this, so I'm watching the clock. And no one knows the son. I want you to get this. Look at this awesome statement that Jesus makes. And no one knows the son except the father, nor does anyone know the father except the son and anyone to whom the son wills to reveal him. There is no true knowledge of God, nor quietness of mind, but in Christ alone. How is that connected with that? Let's go on. Yes, this is a repetition. All things have been committed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, anyone to whom the Son wills to reveal him. This is a great truth. And the key of the science of salvation, the man Christ Jesus receives the Father, and in consequence of his union with the eternal God, say eternal God, becomes the Lord and sovereign dispenser of all things. All the springs of the divine favor are in the hands of Christ. As priest of God, many of you don't know there's a priest in heaven. Can I get a witness? And he's no longer an answer. He's no longer offering a sacrifice. He indeed is the sacrifice. And I'm going to quote, I hope I quote this right before I go on. But this man, say this man, after he offered one, one, the high priest went over and over again. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, say forever, Forever. He doesn't need to go in and make another sacrifice. I'm going to start it over again because I lost my concentration. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sin, sat down. Say, sat down. I know I said it before, and some of you already remember me saying it. That the position of sitting sitting down on the right hand of the throne of God means he doesn't need to repeat it again. All the springs of divine favor in the hands of Christ as priest of God, an atoning sacrifice for man, all good proceeds for all good proceeds from him as Savior. Say Savior. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. Is Jesus your Savior? If he is, he's your mediator. Where you get that from, Brother Bruce? There's one mediator between God and man. The man. Say the man. The anthropos. The man. Christ Jesus. Don't you let any heretic fool you. There's a man in heaven. He's a supernatural man, but he's still a man. Forever identifying himself with mankind. 
He's the head. He's the pattern, pastor, sovereign judge of the whole world. Can I get an amen? Where'd you get that from, Brother Bruce? Sovereign judge of the whole world. Say sovereign. Here's where I get it. You can figure out the rest, and I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic. John 5, 22-23. That all men, God has given all judgment to the Son. That all men, that all men, you're not going to escape. You're not going to get away. You're not going to hide in a corner. That all men may honor the Son even as they honor the Father. You are either going to be at the great white throne or you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ where believers are going to be judged for what they did. And I don't like to say this, but I'm going to say it. The great white throne is for those who have rejected Christ. And, I, and I'm not going to read the rest. You read it because it's so terrible that I don't want to read it. It's in Revelation. You read it yourself and see what it says. But I'll say it this way. It's not pleasant. In the final words, Jesus declares that God through his son was building a new church. New church. Say new church. What is the church? Say it again, brother. Every born again person is a member of the church. I know this is the local church, but God is building a people church with a people of his own choice. Now, you're not going to like this, but I'm going to say it anyway, and I don't know how to explain it, so don't ask me. God sovereignly chose people. That's all I'm going to say, because some of you are going to get, oh, no, that can't be true. I can't reconcile that with John 3.16. For God so loved the world. I cannot reconcile that, and I'm not going to try. But it's written all over. Matter of fact, he said, to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus knows the Father's ways in his ministry and rejoices in them. He approves them. He approves all the decisions and purposes of God with a complete oneness of mind and judgment. Yes, Father, for this is your good pleasure. Moreover, Jesus himself has an essential and crucial part in this. He is a supreme executor of the divine will. He himself brings to pass the divine decrees and secret purposes of God. 25, looks like I'm going to get done. He is in his own person, the key to the fulfillment of Father, of the Father's eternal plan of salvation. All things have been committed to me by my Father. Eternal salvation accompany him. Eternal issues rest on him. Eternal destiny center upon him. Okay, you want to reject Jesus. And I'm not trying to be mean. I feel sorry for you. You reject Jesus and you're headed for a Christless eternity. Buddha can't save you. 
and all the other idols. They can't save you. They didn't die for you. Eternal salvation accompany him. Eternal wishes rest on him. As men hear him, they hear God. As men receive him, they receive the Father. As men reject him, they repudiate. They repudiate. It means, okay, you told me enough about you. I don't want to hear about him anymore. Who sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 26. I'm going to skip the first part. What had been committed to the Son was not the knowledge of the Father. This was his by nature. Now, I want you to get this. What had been committed to the Son was not the knowledge of the Father. He knew what the Father had in mind, which he had by nature. Where do you get that? I'm not going to turn to it, but you can look at Hebrews chapter 1. It says he upholds all things, and he is exact representation of his Father's being. But maybe you, maybe you can end it with me. I'm not, I, mean, I don't mean to end the sermon. Maybe you can get this. He said to those, to those who didn't, to those who rejected him, I, and I know you know, so speak up, and my father are what? One. He didn't mean he's, he didn't mean he, I, I keep emphasizing, Jesus is not God the Father. He's the Son of God. He's God the Son. He and his Father share one nature. But the Messianic, say Messianic. What is it? He's the Messiah. That's who he is. To reveal the Father's plan. He received from his Father, and although they had the same knowledge, he received of his Father, go ahead with this Messianic plan to save and seek those who were lost. And I'm going to say this again. If Jesus wouldn't have come, you and I would still be lost. Oh, at least I'm going to get new fingers when I get my new body. It is a revelation of the Father given to the Son. I didn't say it right. It is a revelation of the Father given to the only one competent. Say competent. He's able. And sufficient to mediate it. Indeed, were this knowledge not given, it could never be acquired. As other Bible scholars have pointed out. The mystery of the Son is placed on an equal basis with that of the Father, and the communication of the revelation concerning the Father and Son is exclusive, is the exclusive privilege of both. If you didn't get that, it's okay. I'm going to go to the next page. And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son. The first part of this utterance 
no one knows the Son except the Father, has to be read, for it is its impact is in the next, in the light of the second, and no one knows the Father except the Son. This indicates a mutuality, a mutual relationship between the Father and the Son, which shows that in his own self, the Son is as much a mystery as the Father, who alone is capable of knowing him. In case you didn't understand what it meant, listen to what Jesus is saying. No one knows the Father. The Father is eternal. No one knows the Father but the Son. But on the other hand, no one knows the Son but the Father. What do you mean by that? Jesus Christ is a mystery. I don't mean a mystery that can't be understood as revealed to us, but he is so vast. I'm getting ready to end. He is so vast that only the Father knows the depths of the Son. Let me just give you a few and you can help me. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning and the before Abraham was, I am. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, face-to-face relationship. And the Word, the Logos, was God. I am the bread of life. I am he who was before, and uh, that's not in the scriptures. That's why you can't get it. I quoted it. I misquoted it. I was. Let me let me get one right. I'm trying to miss. I'm trying to send my tent, but I can't get it. It won't come to me. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this one. Mighty Counselor, Prince of Peace. Thank you. And here's where we get mixed up. I think somebody said it. Everlasting. The other day in our Bible study, that's right, we have a Bible study. Someone asked the question, well, here it says Jesus is the Father. Keep things in context. It means he's the Father of eternity. It doesn't mean he's God the Father. It means he's the Father of eternity. He existed before time. In this statement, no one knows this Father. Jesus is saying, in effect, only God is big enough to comprehend me. This is 29. Only God is wise enough to understand me. Only God is great enough to direct me. And I'm still not going to go over time. This is my last one. Can I get a witness? There is no higher knowledge than the knowledge of God. There is no greater claim than the claim to know God. But Jesus here surpasses every other claimant. For he claims to have a unique an absolute knowledge of God. Notice that he does not say what no one knows the Father as well as this. 
as no him. I mean, I got to get it right. No one knows the Father as well as I know him. He says, no one knows the Father except the Son. There is a self-enclosed world of Father and Son that is open to others only by revelation provided by the Son. What do you mean by that? I already said it. If you come to know Jesus, it was revealed to you. He is the only one among men who knows the Father without distortion and without limitation. Can I get a witness? I'm going to, I told you I was going to end on time. But I'm going to add this. The one who knows the Father, who shares his very nature. Hebrews chapter 1 and John 10.30 and others. The one who spread out his hands on that cross. The one who hung there and stayed on that cross for six hours. That's right, six hours. The one who said, destroy this temple, John 2, and I will raise it up in three days. The one who said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who said, it's finished. The star is the one who existed from all eternity, who stepped down in time, John 1.14, who put on human flesh and became the God-man, is the one who died for you and me. Let's give the Lord a hand.